egoless love. Tying into everything we've been talking about, about the five aggregates, non-self, and the understanding that there is no suffering without a self. If there is no self, there is no suffering. Now the practice is to eliminate the delusion that I am somebody. So there's this short section in the back of people are not loving and loyal all the time. That takes up the discussion about non-being or non-self. And of course, the first thing we have to do is to watch the mind who says, well, if there is no self, how is there karma? That's another discussion. So the first sentence says, being reconciled to the love others can give means the end of putting demands on them. And I think that's a very powerful instruction. Very powerful instruction. It says, we cherish love unconditionally in any form, in any size. At the same time, we do not make the commitment to someone if the love that person offers is inadequate. Now, right there, I have a problem. He goes off track. He says, I love you, but. (laughs) And And you can't have a but with unconditionality. Okay. So again, I ask you to uh, read around the, the psychobabble. You know, he means well. He just, he just doesn't understand it all yet. But in some cases, I love his explanations. So he goes on to say, we do appreciate it when we have been given the best a person can offer. That's, that's beautiful. You know, because it, it takes all of the, the wind out of the judgment of things. Well, you don't love me enough. You didn't hug me enough today. All of the complaints we have about in relationship. My mother didn't do this. My father didn't do that. They did their best. They could have aborted us but they didn't. They fed us when we couldn't feed ourselves. They cleaned us up when we couldn't clean up ourselves. So if they didn't give us hugs, who cares? They gave us SpaghettiOs. (laughs) It says, he says, but if the best, if the best that another can offer it's still unsatisfactory. Again, judgment, right? Gets us in trouble. It says, the only question, what do I do next? Well, that's a good question. But to deem a person's 
efforts as unsatisfactory is, in my opinion, not appropriate. Our the game plan, and he further on in the book he talks about things like loving kindness, meditation, and tonglen. And these all imply that we are willing to share love and to give love where love is missing. And not to question why it's missing, but just to give it. Um, One of the benefits that I'm aware of in sharing this space with Panyawadi is that when she hears that someone's in trouble, it doesn't matter what that person did to her last week or last month or said or spread or whatever. She's right there with an agenda of how to help. You know? Right there with an agenda. And what I've noticed in myself is I don't, seek revenge on the person who does something bad. I don't hate the person who does something bad, but I don't forget that the person did something bad. Where she, you know, she she gives no thought to what happened in the past. She says, well, this person needs this. What do you think? And I And I've always said, well, I remember when they did this. And I don't think we should do this. But she uh, flows forward with it anyway. She <laughs> she asks me, but she doesn't listen to me. Which is, a, which is a great lesson for me. Because it's truly a lesson about love. What I am being reminded of is the fact that who I am today, or what I am today, is not what I was And, of course, there are people who can criticize me for the way I used to be, right? And so being reminded that I have changed also reminds me that others can change too. Not that they do or not that they should, but that they can. So that's the thing to keep in mind. So our spiritual practices have a direct impact on the possibility of our showing love in relationships in an adult way. Mindfulness helps us practice attention, acceptance, and allowing. And loving kindness helps us to show affection and appreciation. He calls these the five A's. And it says, as a spiritual practice, ask yourself about the signs that your love for someone is truly unconditional. Now, I have, I, have a, I have many problems with where his head is in this book, but one of them is, if I'm talking about unconditional love, I'm not talking about someone. I'm talking about everyone. You know, so if, if I love you because you're special to me, you're my partner or we're in a relationship, you're my sister, that's not... Unconditional love. That's conditional because you are who you are. Uh, like I say, he does, he, does, he does his best. He does good. I really appreciate the book. So let's, um, 
let's go down the list. Let's just read one at a time and see how it sits in your mind or whether it does or not or whether it meets your approval. I don't know. It says you feel a sense of connectedness with the other that endures and cannot be supplanted no matter what. Now, I'm not sure what he means about the other, whether that's everything else or whether that's the special person that, you know, shares rent with me or shares a house with me. I'm I'm not sure. But it says, you feel a sense of connectedness with the other. I would expand that to say, do you feel a sense of connectedness with everything? So that's the question. Think about that for a moment. Do you feel a sense of connectedness with everything? Do you see yourself as one with everything? And of course, if you see yourself, then you can't be one with everything. So you've got to see the oneness of everything without yourself being there without yourself being in the equation. So do you see that? Do you see that sense of oneness with with all? Connection with all? If you don't, you will find it very difficult to love unconditionally because there will be separation. Okay. Can everyone get that picture? The first thing or the first stumbling block, the first obstacle is if I see myself as myself, if I identify as me, that's the first obstacle right there. I can't be one with everything else if I am me. There is a separation then between me and everything else. There's a difference between me and everything else. So the question is, going back and and seeing whether you still believe the delusion that you are separate, that you are an entity, that there is you and there is other. See, if there's me and other, then there's separation and there can't be combination, there can't be community, there can't be collectedness because there is a divisiveness between me and other. We can have a partnership, but we can't have oneness because there's me and I'm different and you, which is the other, and you're different and we can get close together. We can rub elbows. We can touch shoulders, but we cannot be one. Well, first of all, that's great to set the intention. But what do you do when you find yourself not agreeing with your intention? How how quickly do you make that adjustment and go, whoa, wait a minute, I promised a day that I was going to... Sometimes fast, sometimes <laughs> not so fast. <laughs> okay, all right, I, I'll, 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 be, I'll be okay with that. The third one is you act kindly, at times even anonymously, 
with no expectation of anything in return. I think that's a, a powerful one to remind ourselves of right there. You are no longer pushed or arrested by fears of closeness or distance with the other. Again, this this is the assumption of an I. You do not engage in ego competitiveness or aggression actively or passively. Now that's one we can work with. You are sensitive to how the other feels and go to any length not to hurt him or her intentionally. That's a good one. You have an effortless, compassionate, forgiving, generous, and non-retaliatory attitude in your thoughts and actions. That's a good one. Then he has in parentheses, there's no vindictive force in the universe. Revenge is exclusively Revenge is exclusive to humanity. So anytime you want to punish somebody for doing something, then you realize you've stepped out of your oneness with all things. And we can always just remember when we used to do bad things that we were, first of all, hoping we'd never get caught And then secondly, if we did get caught, that they would forgive us. (laughs) So again, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Now one of the things that this book explores is the, the conditions and reality that cannot be changed because they're present and stable as a part of reality. It says you are aware of the other's negative traits and you see them with compassion and and amusement without letting them impinge upon you. And finally, unconditional love is entirely in the present tense. Well, everything is in the present tense, isn't it? Okay. You do not hold a grudge from the past or hold the other's past against her or him. So his footnote says, as I accept or say yes to reality, to the givens, he calls them givens, the things that are present, in conditional reality and it cannot be changed because they're always there and they always will be there. May I find love and abundance in myself and others and may I always remain loving to others no matter how disloyal they are to me. And that's a great guideline. It's tough. Like Bobby says, it's hard to work with sometimes because that guy just doesn't deserve it, you know. They just did something. But those are the things we have to get over. Those are the things we have to move past. 
I'm just talking about the ordinary folk now. I'm not talking about you special guys who have never done anything bad, never done anything wrong, never needed to say I'm sorry or ask for forgiveness. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me and, and average Joes like me who stepped on a lot of toes as they tried to figure out life, tried to work with life. You know, and part of The process was to say I'm sorry enough times that you begin to realize that saying I'm sorry is just not enough. That you've got to kind of buckle down and work harder at at being better. Going back now to this whole thing about oneness, you know, all things being one thing. But as long as you don't work hard at the flavor of community, the the intent of this oneness, you're a cancer. You know, because the oneness is perfect. It always gives us the benefit of the doubt. It always says, that's okay, you've got another moment to get this right. And if we are inclined to participate in this community, then this is the love that we have to bring. And we just got to learn how to do it. We've got to learn how to let go of that humanity that wants to judge and punish, you know, because you did wrong, you did bad. I mean, we grew up with punishment. If we did wrong, we got punished. If we did good, we got rewarded. And there's so many wisdom paths that teach us that you're perfect. And that you get love because there's love to get, not because you earned it. And if I can remember all of the breaks that I got, all of the love that I got in spite of my imperfection, this helps me to Just let go of myself and just be who I can be, which is oneness or one with all things. Okay. So let's meditate. Let's do our mind training. I want to thank all of you for coming today and sharing a part of yourself with us. Try to hold the peace. Try to be the peace. Again, no separation. It's not I am being peaceful. It's just peace. Smile at a stranger. 
May all beings be liberated from suffering. May we be well. May we be happy. May we be peaceful. Uh, also, I want you to think about uh, the five aggregates of clinging. Uh, this helps with the breaking down of an idea of an individual self. These five aggregates are form, feeling, perception, thought, and sense consciousness. And either one of those that still convince you that you are you, give that some consideration. Because you're not any of those things. Those things are just wrapped around you. But you are not any of those things. Sure. Form, body, feeling, perception, thought, and sense consciousness. Most places you'll find have just consciousness, but that causes confusion, in my opinion. Because what I do is I use the word awareness as opposed to consciousness. As the thing to identify with. That in all of those concepts that we've talked about, form and perception and thought and feeling and sense consciousness, there is a background awareness of all of those things. You know, who is, who, who is it, as soon as you make that mistake, who is it that is aware that my eyes are closed and I'm meditating? That awareness is what we're talking about, that, that pure awareness, that thing that you access, that you become because you cannot take you with you when you go to those spaces. Have a great day. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.